I'm glad to see you all here today. Glad to be here. Good. And you got out in a bitter, bitter cold to come. Thank you for being here. I want to close this uh, Bible study season with this. Girls, we are meant to live powerful lives. Really, we're meant to. Before Jesus left, you know the last thing he said to us that we have recorded? We look in Acts 1, 8. Of course, until we get to Revelation, I have to, I have to change that a little bit. Here's what he said before he left this world. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will receive power. What do we receive power for? Well, it goes on and says to be my witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and uttermost parts of the world. But we're in a battle, and we need divine power, and we've got it if we'll use it. Second Corinthians tells us this, for the weapons, hey, we've got weapons. We've got weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not from this world, not from our flesh, but mighty through God. What for? For the pulling down of strongholds. Are there any strongholds out there that you guys are running into lately? Oh, my. It's amazing that we're filled with the Spirit when we receive Christ, but we forget <laughs> that the source of a power that we should call on every day is available to us. Every day, a new filling. Every day. In the Old Testament, it was rare for the Spirit to dwell in someone permanently. But listen, our David got it. We've studied him for two years now. And because he would use it, God gave it to him and gave it to him permanently. As a matter of fact, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil, remember, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Listen, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. He was always running toward the giant. He knew he had the power. I don't think we know it, or we forget, or something. We think that the power of God is something of, uh, only a few saints possess, but that's not the way it was intended. The Bible says, no, it's for you. As a matter of fact, it's a command. Listen, this is a command. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Power. Ephesians 3.20 says, oh, I love this verse, but i got to get a hold of the middle. It says, and now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we could ask or think. And then it says, according to the power that worketh in us. We've got to know that we have it. You know, <laughs> there are so many things that God wants to do in this day, in this mess that we're in the middle of in this nation. He wants to show power through you. He really does. Through you. Because if something miraculous happens out there, people come up with a scientific reason for it. They always will. But when something happens inside of you, and they can see it, they're confronted with a power, people stop. What happened? What is it with her? Where'd that come from? Jesus. Jesus inside of us, showing the power of who he is, the power that works inside of us. And we don't get it again. God expects us to operate in the power, not operate on our own. He doesn't ask us to go out on our own. He asks us to come in his power and to go in his power. As a matter of fact, if we don't operate in his power, there's a word in the Bible about that, and I don't particularly like it. Paul tells Timothy to watch out for people who have the appearances of godliness but deny its power. Huh. 
Then it says, have nothing to do with them. I wonder if he's talking about people that are in our churches, maybe people like us, that sometimes we claim God, we know God, we've, we've received him, but we deny that we have the power of God at work in us, don't we? Oh, you know, not me, not really. <laughs> that destroys the flowing of the power of God, of what God supernaturally planned for us to do. Have we effectively denied that God can do the miraculous in us? We better not. We better ask God to give us what he fully intended to give us and quit denying it by our words of doubt. You know, I'm just not that strong a person. I'm just, I can't witness. I can't talk to somebody about this. I can't confront. You think God likes to hear that coming out of our mouth? He does not. You know he doesn't church every Sunday, but no power. Listen, power is the mark of the believer. It's supposed to be. If we don't feel it, if we don't express it in our lives, then we're walking away from the throne too soon. We're not staying at the throne until that power comes. We're not praying until God begins to do a work in us. David found it in the field as a teen. What was he doing? He was looking up. He was praising God. And he found the power right there. And then he was anointed by Samuel because God had already seen what this little teen could do. He communed with God. You know, does Beth Moore have the power of God in her? Do you think she does? I think she does. She displays it. Well, I heard her say this on a program the other day. She said, I ask for the power. I ask for an anointing. And she said, maybe I'm getting a two, but God's, your word says I can get a ten. I want my other eight. I don't think God's insulted if we ask for the other eight. I don't think that at all. I think God's saying, come on, girls. Come on. Come closer. Grab the hem of my garment and get the power that will stop me in my tracks, and I'll, I'll turn around and say, who touched me? Who touched me? And declare that your faith makes you whole and holy what God intends you to be. Beth Moore knows that her ministry requires power. I want to tell you something. Yours does, too. And so does mine. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been singing to, to the Lord, maybe in a praise session in your church, and suddenly God's presence comes so that your eyes begin to water and your skin prickles and there's this joy that bubbles up inside of you? Ever experienced that? Well, you've touched God's power. You know that, don't you, when that happens? You've found one way to experience power, and that's prayer and praise. Praise. That's where it begins. Can, can we just talk? Let's, let's just talk about this. God is always inviting every one of us to come closer. All of our life he's been inviting us. Come closer, come closer. And we've resisted that. But we don't have to. I don't want to. I want to be delighted in his presence. I want to fellowship with him. I, I want to go ahead and lift those holy hands and worship him. What did David do that we don't? Well, you know because we've studied him. Exuberant praise was part of it. You remember that David danced before him? You remember that lesson? And with thanksgiving, his heart, remember how he wept before him? Remember how he leapt and jumped? Remember that scripture, that passage? And you say, well, that's just not me. <laughs> you know, I'm just not like that. Well, why not? David knew he was in the presence of power, and it demanded a response. I've come to believe that God is waiting, just waiting for us to realize what exuberant praise would do in our lives. 
how it would change us. We can get on our knees and worship with exuberant praise and get up and go out filled with the power of God, the power of his presence that we have invited into our lives that morning before we took another step. I, I spoke some things at, at the women's retreat this year. And I want to speak on this last Tuesday, just a little bit. Because, girls, even if you were there, we need to hear it again and again. Our heart desires what this is talking about, yet it seems to be a fight on our part to get a hold of it. Listen what David said. He said, shout to the Lord. Come into his presence with singing. Dance before him. Lift up holy hands. And you say, I just, I just can't, can't do that. Hey, these words sound like commandments to me. I know this. God hates lukewarmness. He does. Picture this. Right now, he is in heaven, surrounded by angels who are up and down before him in Shekinah glory everywhere. And they're saying, holy, 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 holy. And he doesn't get tired of it. They're worshiping him all the time. Worship, worship. And then he looks down at us as we bow our heads to pray and try not to nod off. You know what? I think we need to lift our heads. I think we need to open our eyes. If you don't have your words, get out your Bible and read David's. Just begin to praise him with David's words. And you know what? Some of your own will come around. They will. In Exodus 17, when Israel is at a battle with Amalek, Joshua led the troops. And you know what Moses did? He went up on a high mountain. You know what I think he was doing? Let me get as close to God as I can get. You stay down here and fight. I'm going up. I'm going up. And when he held up his hands... Israel prevailed, and when he dropped his hands, Amalek prevailed. What's going on here? Here's the picture. Hands up, the miraculous. Hands down, the world. That's what he pictured for us right there. Aaron Hur got on both sides of him. You know what they did? <coughs> they held up his hands because they knew the battle was not supposed to be theirs. The battle belonged to the Lord. They get to the Lord, and he fights the battles. What is this all about, this lifted hand stuff? That's not how to fight battles, uh-huh. Well, wait. The Bible says that the battle was dependent upon Moses' lifted hands. It's a supernatural thing, you see. The Bible says lift what kind of hands? Holy hands. They become sacred, set apart for him when we lift them. <laughs> you want some supernatural in your life? Want to get hold of this power that works in you? Learn praise. And it's not just hand bracing. I know that. It is sincere emotion, sincere devotion, loving him, just loving him so much and crying out to him, oh, God, oh, God, I must have more of you. I must be closer. I know I can get closer. I know I can. In our churches, we're so reluctant to show praise, you know, it seems to me that the Bible's got a lot to say about that decision. We listen to what David, our David, wrote. He said, you praise the Lord, servants of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Now, that's our David. Have we learned anything from him this year? You know, I get it. See, Johnny can tell me he loves me. I like to hear that. But you know what I want? I want that sweet kiss before he goes to Walmart. I do. And I want that arm around me as we sit in church because actions speak. Now, John can tell me that he loves me and he can really, really love me, but never kiss me. I never put an arm around me. I never reach out and touch me as he walks by. Johnny's smarter than that. 
He knows what rings my bell. And I want to be smart because I know what the Bible says. I know what God wants. He wants rejoicing in my heart when I come to him. He wants lifted hands. He wants songs of praise. He wants true worship. He doesn't want me messing around with a little short prayer and off on my day and think I've touched God. Well, in church, here it is. I wish I did not have to worry. Here I am up in the choir. If I would lift my hands in a song and draw attention, there's Bev. Look at Bev. Got her hands up. But here's what I know. If I was lifting in my hands in a sea of lifted hands, nobody would notice me. I could just concentrate on him and I could magnify him as I worship with the worshipers. My lifted face and my cries of praise would be multiplied with theirs. And I know that's what he wants to see among the believers. Remember the woman that broke in on a men's meeting and fell at Jesus' feet and washed them with her tears? Were those men happy about that? Were they pleased? Oh, good night, no. They were so angry with her. They spewed their hatred. I think she knew they were going to. I think she figured that before she ever walked in the door, but she didn't let it stop her. Jesus was so pleased with her expression of love that he said, wherever this gospel's preached, they're going to tell your story, sweet daughter of mine. They're going to tell about you wherever. And down through the ages, we've heard it over and over and over again. Why? God loves exuberant praise. It has action with it. Why? She didn't perform a miracle. She did not preach a sermon. She just had praise and adoration as her offering, just love for her Savior that would cause her to wash his feet with her tears. God loves acts, acts of devotion, not just thoughts. Learning to praise with your whole being, that's an act of love. Why do I pray better on bended knee? I do, you know. I do better. It's a picture. There's something in my kneeling that puts me close to the throne and something that I believe causes God to respond to me when I'm on my knees. It positions me where I ought to be before this amazing God of mine. In church, we're taught, bow your head and close your eyes. And I understand that. It blocks out distraction, doesn't it? It does that. But is that how God wants the church to teach people how to pray? All right. We're going to pray. Everybody close your eyes. The di disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And the Lord said, everyone bow your head and close your eyes. No, he said, here's how. Here's how. And it became inclusive. I believe that they were around him, and they were looking at him wide-eyed, and he was looking at them. And he said, our Father, our Father, inclusive who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I can see Jesus doing it. Oh, thy kingdom come. Can you see it? Can you see it? How did Jesus pray? Well, the scripture tells us. You know these verses. Listen, Seven, John 17, 1. After Jesus said this, he looked up into heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son. Or you know this one even better, I'm sure. He directed the people to sit on the grass and taking five loaves and two fish and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Is this something kind of new to you? Are you thinking a little differently about this? Sure, there are times when I bow my head. There are times when I'm confessing sin and times when I'm brokenhearted, times when I'm crying, times when I'm on the floor weeping. But when I'm filled Gravity just bites the dust, and my chin lifts. 
It just lifts. It's like, so God, I've got my bench at my window. So I kneel there. I I look up into the heavens wide-eyed and praying out loud. I need to hear me talking to God. I need to pray out loud. In the Bible, they prayed out loud. The psalmist tells us, listen, this is David. Here's how he said, do it. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. That's how David did it. Look up. I can't help but take that to church. When I'm in a zombie mode, sometimes I do this. I can bow my head, and I can wait until somebody finishes their prayer, and I can mutter an amen and sit down. I can do it. But when I'm filled with the Spirit, then I'm praying with them as they pray. And I might start with a bowed head, but it's my prayer. Though I'm the one that's praying, it's okay if my chin lifts. It's okay. And I look up to God. Well, here's the deal. deal. The power of God is waiting for us. It really is, girls. It's there for us. And what a shame if we ignore the opportunity to be filled with power for the day's activities and for the things that are ahead of us. Don't restrict yourself to thought prayers. Don't do that. Lift your face to God. At least voice your prayers to him all by yourself. Let him hear your voice. Let him hear your worship. There is so much power in that. And if you just don't have the words, okay, open the Psalms and read to him, and the words I do believe will come. Power will inhabit you, and you can get up from your quiet time, which has suddenly turned pretty noisy, feeling the power of Almighty God at work in you, at work in you, just coursing through your veins. I believe with all my heart that's what the Bible's trying to teach us by all the examples that we get. And as you all know, which I've used with you before, and I want to again this morning in our closing time here. One morning, I was just singing to the Father. He doesn't mind if I'm croaky-voiced, if I can't hit the high notes at all. I know he doesn't. And I don't even think about it unless I'm singing in front of people. And I was singing to his Father, I adore you. And my hands went into action. This went into action. And then you remember that I brought that to you. And this morning, I'd like for us to close our time here with with that music, with that song, okay? Let's just stand right now, please. It's actually here. <laughs>